Hello and welcome to Rebirth of Venus. As you know, this is the podcast where we talk dirty about spiritual evolution, the self-love revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. My name is Caitlin Matanley and I want to thank you so deeply for being here. Hello everybody, happy Friday. Uh, You know, I mean, I always record these episodes on Fridays, so there's always a happy Friday to start, but this week feels different. So I've started taking Fridays off from work. Um, I do work on the weekends as well as throughout the week. (laughs) So I decided, you know what, I'm going to make Friday my day off because it's sort of like a holy day for me in a sense, um, as a, you know, something, something of a Venus worshiper, (laughs) just in case you didn't notice. But I love waking up and, um, just spending the day on things that make me feel good. Now, of course, every day we should make it a goal to feel as good as we can for as much time as we can. And I talked about that a lot on my last episode, episode three. I can't believe we're already at episode four. How exciting. But I really on Fridays, it's like a great reset, at least for me. And of course, you could do this any day of the week or, you know, we don't always have a full day to commit to this. Do what you can with what you have, like I always say. But I have a morning commitment and then I love take myself out to lunch. I love to just sort of follow my intuition and see where I end up. Um, You know, maybe pop into little shops that might inspire me, often just to look, honestly, just to be inspired by beauty, just to appreciate things. Um, I love going to parks, um, doing my meditation, sometimes working some magic, some spell work, journaling. I mean, hell, sometimes doing something else entirely. You know, I went to a great health food restaurant here in Mexico City for lunch and then, you know, came home and ate Halloween candy. So (laughs) I'm all about mixing the high and low. So I love just following my intuition, following the flow of the day and seeing where it leads me because it really helps hone my intuition. It helps hone my my sense of, of just awareness of the beauty around me. So This Friday felt a little different for that reason. I'm really excited to continue this pattern with all of the Fridays from here on out. And because of this, the episode's coming to you a little later today, but you know, I usually record in the morning and today I thought, you know what, I'm going to go out, I'm going to have my incredible day and then be extra aligned, extra in tune with the messages I'm receiving as I hop into this podcast, this episode today. So guess what today, guys? We are talking about sex magic. Now, for real this time. As you may or may not know, last week I had recorded an entire episode on sex magic. I was pretty happy with it, and unfortunately when I went to upload the file, it looked like only half of it had actually recorded. So I let it be because I then had some other appointments to catch and I came back to try to record it again a number of times. It did not flow after that. So I ended up touching on a different topic last week instead. 
And so here we are, fingers crossed that this episode comes out even better than the last one, and most importantly, that it completely records. So um, I, w- I was going to say, you know, let's all pray, <laughs> but then I realized by the time you're listening to this, we'll have known that the podcast did in fact record, and you know, that kind of, it's kind of a spoiler alert that way, so anyhow feeling a little goofy today. Maybe I just, because I just had my afternoon coffee, but I'm hoping you can feel the good energy and that I don't ramble too much in too many different directions, at least too many different directions that aren't interesting to you. So sex magic. Okay. Before I start, have to have the disclaimer. This podcast will be about sex. (laughs) Well, I don't anticipate it being particularly graphic, just be aware that sex will be discussed. So if you have small children in the room and you're not quite ready to have the birds and the bees conversation with them when they come to you with a bunch of questions, you know, just keep that in mind. And of course, you know, mom, dad, if you're listening, might be a, now might be a good time to tune out. Um, <laughs> my parents are lovely. They are very supportive of all my projects. And, you know, to a fault where I, I definitely sometimes think, this is going to be funny when uh, my when my mom or dad listens to this one. So hopefully this podcast, this episode, they will already be screaming in the other direction, running to uh, press stop on their, I don't know, wherever they listen to things. I guess it's just probably the internet. Luckily, neither of them are very tech savvy, so it's not like there's going to be an automatic upload on a smartphone for them to accidentally hit play on. So anyway, back to sex. That's why we're all here, right? So what is sex magic? Well, first of all, this is going to be a very basic primer on the subject. And that's actually intentionally done here. First of all, because I could talk for hours about this, but more so because I just so, so deeply and sincerely believe that you have all of the information you need inside of you. Um, When it comes to magic, working magic, This could be in terms of formal spell work or just in terms of, you know, creating what you want to create in the world by, you know, working on your manifestation um, techniques, but or also just by being alive. You are a magical being. And sometimes, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love reading. I'm a voracious reader. And I love learning different people's perspectives on topics um, of all kinds. And so I certainly understand um, how that education process can be very aligning and exciting. And it's really nice to hear how people describe certain things because sometimes all it takes is one person describing things differently for it to really click for you. So that's a beautiful thing. But, and this is a big but, (laughs) I like big butts and I cannot lie. Okay, I'm done. I'll never do that again, I promise. Um, but the thing is, this is a big butt. There are... Man, I just wanted to laugh again, just saying this is a big butt. Anyhow, where was I talking about? Why am I here? Oh, right, sex. Sex magic. The thing is, a lot, so many people I find, especially when it comes to witchcraft, and um, as I'm going to explain, what I call sex magic ranges from, you know, overt witchcraft on one end to more subtle, nuanced use of energy on the other. So if you don't identify as a witch, don't be deterred by 
you know, my mention initially here of spell work, of casting magic, spells, things like that. Even if that's something you don't initially identify with, this episode is for you. So the thing is, a lot of people are so afraid of doing it wrong. And on one hand, this can stem from, you know, just being a little out of your element and and just not knowing if there's like a protocol or something. But on the other end, there's really a lot of people have this real sense of fear about it. And that's just sad, I think. And and I don't and, and let me rephrase. I don't when I say that's sad. I don't I'm not saying that in a patronizing way. I think it's sad because it it discourages people from stepping into their power. And unfortunately, there are definitely resources on our big, wide, beautiful internet that really encourage that fear. Um, you know, all these ideas of like I mean, very valid ideas of things coming back to you, whatever you put out coming back to you. Um, people sometimes get really concerned about like, is this ethical? Things like that. But the reality is intention is everything. And here's the deeper, deeper reality. We are all casting spells in every moment of every day. I may have mentioned this in the past on past episodes, but your life is a spell. The words you speak, the thoughts you think, the actions you take, your ulterior motives. These are all spells. And not all of them are quote-unquote good spells. Good in terms of, you know, ethical and right. That's just reality. We all have hidden motives. And, you know, the quickest way to become aware of them is to work magic that doesn't turn out the way you expect. It's just like reaching a goal. You know, you can be striving for years to reach a goal and then you get there and you realize it's not even what you want. But unfortunately, you never would have realized that if you hadn't gotten there. So, you know, dust yourself off, move on, and let's work on something new. So there's really nothing to be afraid of here because you're already casting spells. And doing so intentionally actually harnesses that power, in my opinion, for good. Because it allows you over time to get clear on your desires, get clear on your goals, your dreams. And the clearer you are, the more likely that you can bring those into manifestation with limited collateral damage. So I personally, in no way, do I um, believe in or identify with the dichotomy of good and bad magic, often referred to as white and black magic. Now, I'm going to actually discuss this at length in an episode in the coming month. But the whole white versus black magic debate is, on one hand, in in my opinion, the opinion of many others, um, overtly racist, not just in terms of the language used, but also in terms of the practices that are feared versus the practices that are welcomed with open arms. Um, often have, you know, a lot of what is welcomed with open arms has its its origin. These pra- magical practices have their origin in European witchcraft, which um, aka white people. <laughs> and a lot of what is feared has its origin in African spirituality. The, the numerous extremely diverse spiritual traditions from the continent of Africa. And um, so I'm going to go into depth about, about 
how that separation has is is inherently racist and colonialist um how it upholds the establishment of um religious fear and also how it's just inaccurate and I'm, that's what I'm going to focus on briefly now, the inaccuracy. Here's the thing. Good and bad are human constructions. Energy is not good or evil. It's your intention that's one or the other. And here's the thing. Most intentions are mixed. And that's fine. Anything we do in the world, I believe, comes back to us. And not in terms of like there's somewhat, you know, there's this spirit or God kind of like keeping track and be like oh well you're gonna you know you're getting that right back to you it's more subtle than that it's not even always in this lifetime I personally do believe in in multiple lifetimes but it is I'm going off on a tangent so I'm gonna close it up real quick but it's just not reality that everything is as clearly good and evil so really intention is everything and the type of magic we're going to talk about today is in my opinion the most elemental primal type of magic that exists in the DNA of humanity. So you're always going to get exactly what you are are wishing for. What you're what you ultimately want to manifest. And that is not always what you think. And so this isn't about victim blaming. This is about just the reality that most of us are not that (laughs) self-aware. So all that said, um, I really wanted to start with that little discussion because it's really important to, in my opinion, to step into your power rather than be afraid of it. Because here's the thing, you're already exercising that power in ways that are not conscious and that makes it much more likely you're going to get results that you could consider quote unquote bad when you cast magic with intention it's a lot less likely because you've done the work initially to become to to get to a place where you really understand what it is that you want what the potential consequences of all flavors might be and most importantly you know, what you're willing to kind of do to get it. So I hope that helps put some of these later ideas into light. So moving back to sex magic specifically, to me, sex magic is, you know, it's harnessing your most intrinsic animalistic creative power into manifesting your juiciest, deepest desires. No big deal, right? (laughs) I mean, honestly, I think this is one of the most powerful, most simple types of magic out there. Because, let's face it, what human activity is as intrinsic in who we are as fucking? (laughs) Even if you're not somebody who is choosing to engage in sexual intercourse currently... You, it's hard to deny that sexual energy is an extremely pervasive force in our world. And honestly, it has been um, by being co-opted by capitalism, I believe, <laughs> uh, 
course, my political beliefs are you know, popping in here, but take them with a grain of salt. But as that's been co-opted, I mean, there's no denying that sex sells. Everybody knows that sex is used to sell us everything. That's really co-opted that energy and kind of forced it to become part of our shadow rather than part of our light. And when I say shadow versus light, I'm not talking about good versus evil because, I mean, in the light of what I just said, I don't need to explain that again. What I'm talking about is the known and the unknown. The Jungian idea of the shadow being the parts of us that are unknown and light just being what happens when you step out of the shadow and you're in the sun. So... So sex magic is already in in you. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I have to warn you, my sense of humor is so incredibly childish. Maybe like a six-year-old boy level, seven. I don't really know. Um, but, you know, I'm not even going to apologize for it because it's just so, so who I am. So um, if you're offended, you know, it is what it is. So... Anyhow, <laughs> so according, the, according to the philosophies of Tantra, sexual energy is the energy that powers everything. And it's not just about sex. So when you hear the word Tantra, you probably think about tantric sex. You probably think about Sting, like from the police, right? The police? <laughs> I'm so with it, aren't I? Um, I don't know. I feel like he, he was, it was like very well known that he's like very into tantric sex and he's like a very intense guy, you know? I actually really don't know anything about Sting. I, side note, I had a friend meet him at Burning Man one year and I mean, it was uneventful. It was just like, oh, I met Sting. He was cool, I guess, you know? But it just made me laugh because, I mean, I've been to Burning Man four times and there's no freaking way I would recognize a celebrity at Burning Man. Like, I'd probably recognize them as much as I recognize, like, you know, if I, like, walk down the street and I recognize somebody and it's, like, someone who sat next to me in a class once, you know? I have that kind of facial memory. So I'd be like, oh, you seem familiar, you know? So that made me laugh that he even recognized Sting, like, covered in dust in the middle of the desert. But anyhow, so Tantra is not just about sex. And this episode is not specifically about Tantra, but... A lot of tantric ideas really form the foundation of, of what sex magic is about. So according to the philosophies of tantra, sexual energy is creative energy. I mean, think about it. You know, in the animal kingdom, the point of sex is mostly for procreation. And I say mostly because there are absolute there are there are numerous cases, and I think every studied species of heterosexual sex between animals, of um, sex of what we would call incestual sex um, in many species, animal species. So obviously sex isn't always just about procreation, but that's kind of like, you know, why it's around. <laughs> we can't really deny that, no matter how far removed we've become from that. I mean... Thank God, because I'm not really on the on the I'm not personally on the child bearing train. So anyhow. But think about it. This is like the ultimate act of creation. 
you can even take the metaphor easily into other avenues. Think about if you're an artist, your artistic practice. You know, you start with an idea, a seed. You go, you, that idea, you sort of impregnate your heart with that seed, with the desire to bring it to fruition. And there are a lot of people who talk about this act of creation in terms of the chakra system. Not going to go into that, but something interesting to research if you're uh, interested in that. Um, that from you, that seed, you, you create it. You bear that child to the world. And, you know, that's creation. So it doesn't have to be about, be about creating a child. Absolutely not. Anything. So really, sexual energy is creative energy. It's creative power. And according to many schools of thought in many traditions, not just Tantra, um, but in many philosophies, if there is a blockage in your sexual energy, your creativity suffers. And quickly touching on the chakras, the sacral chakra, which is your second one from the bottom, <laughs> I mean, anybody can Google the chakras. So like, you don't need me to explain it to you right now. You can get the basics. You can look at a picture. There's, I mean, it's much deeper than that, but you can look at a picture and see what I mean when I say the second one up. <laughs> so basically your uh, root chakra is your taint, which is, you know, I think that's an American term, taint. <laughs> it's like the part, well, if you're, a, if you have um, testicles, it's the part between your butt hole and testicles <laughs> it's like it it taint your balls and it taint your butt <laughs> oh my god thank thank god this podcast is already rated explicit <laughs> um but anyway so you know i guess if you're if you don't have balls it's like taint your butthole taint the uh, whatever you have in the front you know <laughs> I'm just cracking myself up here. This is going to be good. This is going to be a great episode. Anyway, I um, that's your root chakra. <laughs> or it's the, rather the location of your root chakra. Anyway, second one up, which is in your pelvic area, is your sacral chakra. And not only is this where sexual energy comes from and is stored, ideally, but it's also where your creative energy comes from. And so a, a, a blockage in the sacral chakra also, it means not only will you not feel very creative, but you won't have the ability to bring your ideas to life. Um, you, you don't have that sort of zest for life, that passion. In astrology, that this is your Mars placement. Mars rules sex drive, but it also rules creation, creativity, drive. What gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets you excited about living? So you see how these things are all related, even in these very different philosophies. Although, honestly, I would argue that the vast majority, no, all of the world's major philosophies, spiritual traditions, and religions are the same when you really get down to the core teachings. So not all the bullshit that, like, you know, white men have, um, you know, rewritten it to, like, keep everyone else down. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to apologize for saying that. This is I, I'm not going to have like a not all white men disclaimer here because the reality is in history, <laughs> it is always, it has always been, you know, 
those were the people in power and they're the ones who, you know, took perfectly good spiritual traditions and, and used them for political gain. So anyhow, let's just like not even open up that can of worms right now. So you see the connection between creativity, between passion, between drive, between all of those things and sex, sexual energy. So I really, when I, even though I'm talking about sex magic and making dirty jokes and talking about sexual energy, I want you to really expand your idea of what that means beyond the, you know, puritanical. If you're, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm from the U.S. So, you know, I think of like the puritanical American views on sex and it's like used to sell everything, but it's also, you know, you're not supposed to be having it before marriage or something. It's like really weird. If you hear some jingling, it's my fabulous necklaces I'm wearing and I'm, they're like, a lot of little charms that are jingling a lot as I'm talking because even though I'm talking into a microphone, I talk with my hands and my arms. And so if you hear any jingling, that's what it is. So, so it's what powers the, it's what powers the universe. It's the energy of breath, of movement, of desire, of delight. You know, this isn't to say like when you're excited about something, you're getting horny <laughs> but you know you have that passion you feel alive and you know, I know I've got definitely gone through periods where I just felt like my mojo was gone and that often included you know I didn't like my sex drive was lessened but really it was in everything in my life like I just I felt like I needed to get my groove back my mojo back and um so it really it goes way beyond just you know, getting laid for sure so this is my take on sex magic and it's you know increasingly while I love to learn my ideas are really just being formed by experience by conversations you know by the you know, sometimes more formal discussion or learning or instruction by other individuals but more often you know I, I find that some of the most powerful magic comes just from your own intuition Again, this goes back to you being a magical being. Um, that horrible creaking is the cat, one of the cats playing in the closet. You know, it is what it is. As I told you before, I don't edit the content of this podcast. I like to keep it real. <laughs> but anyway, um, they, you know, so this is coming from conversation. This is coming from experience. This is magic that's passed down. This isn't, you know, anything official here. I'm not going to give you a certificate on, like, being certified in sex magic. In fact, I would probably say anybody who who incur who says they have that certificate for you is just probably trying to, you know, lure you into a sex cult. <laughs> Only half kidding. Who wants to join my sex cult? But really, this is, you know, really coming from a lot of conversations with fellow friends, which is spirit myself. Um, so the reason this podcast is episode is titled sex magic for everyone. No partner required is because this is accessible magic and you don't need to have a partner to create it. And in fact, I might argue it's actually more effective on your own. Now, by now you're probably wondering, either you know 
like kind of what I'm getting at when it comes to sex magic or you've literally still have no idea what I'm talking about and you're like, okay, is she going to give me a spell or something? Finally, please. Um, basically, the, the basics of sex magic are holding an intention during the point of orgasm or the point of release. That might be orgasm for you or something else. But the, the idea being that that is such an incredibly powerful that's such an incredibly powerful point of, of you know, a raising of energy. Not just a raising of vibration, but like literally a raising of energy. I mean, it's, it's probably the most obvious, the most understandable way to raise energy that you can imagine. You can be the least, you know, spiritual person in the world and you can't really deny the power of an orgasm. So... It's really, so it, it's powerful. It's powerful magic. You know, you've, I, of course you've experienced how, um, how creating, how, how having an orgasm can completely alter your mental state. And this is a way of harnessing that. So the chaos magicians of the 80s and 90s, I mean, the chaos magic is still a magical tradition that exists. But that was sort of when it became really popular in the magical world. Chaos magic is kind of like an anti-tradition. It's basically, um, it's basically like creating, it's fierce individualism, creating your own magic, doing whatever you want. You can take from traditions. It goes beyond just eclectic magic where you're, you are, you know, kind of collecting your, your, you know, collecting ideas from different sources. And it's just, it ha- it's, it's like a complete anti-dogma, chaos magic, complete anti-dogma, complete anti-establishment. So it's a very like anarchist magical tradition or anti-tradition because there are no rules. And a very common, um, a very common magical practice using chaos magic is sigil magic. S-I-G-I-L, sigil magic which is essentially taking an intention a written intention transforming it through a series of steps into a symbol and then charging that symbol with intent and it can be very powerful i have sigils tattooed on my wrists that are extremely powerful and um it's also very anybody can do it you don't need special equipment you just uh that was a jumping cat (laughs) you just need a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil or a marker or your own blood. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm in the Halloween spirit over here. What can I say? I'm not going into how to make sigils in this episode, but feel free to do your own research. I'll include in the show notes a very popular video clip um, of the comic book creator, Grant Morrison, who is a self-described chaos magician, and he uses sigil magic or sigils a lot in his work and his personal spiritual practice. The Invisibles, my favorite graphic novel of all time, utilizes sigils, and um, it's one of his pieces. So anyway, the most common way that chaos magicians would charge these symbols is through orgasm. You know, envisioning them or physically looking at the sigil and and 
imagining the flow of the energy at each point in the symbol during orgasm. So you can work with symbols. You can work with words. I've heard of people writing their intentions on their bodies to look at, like in a mirror. So I guess you'd have to write it backwards. Anyway, haven't done it, but... Um, and then, you know, looking at that during the point of orgasm or writing it on the wall or on a piece of paper on the wall or just thinking of it in your head. Um, so you can be that specific or you can even just really envision, visualize your desired outcome. Now, some people, you know, some people don't really love this type of magic because it's like, they're like, I don't want to be thinking about something else during sex. But to me, that kind of misses the mark because here's the thing. Um, it's not like you're ignoring what's happening and then just like thinking about, you know, some vacation you want to manifest while you come. You're really, you're, you're capturing that energy and directing it. Like, like you can even just picture it, you know, I, I imagine this would be a little even more helpful to have to be somebody who ejaculates, male or female or you know anybody who ejaculates because you like physically can see something being released. <laughs> um, but for the rest of us, you know, you can still envision that sort of explosion of energy directing it towards your goal. You can be as specific as you want or as general. Play around with it. This is sex magic. That's it, you know. Now, there are a lot of, of details that can help your your mastery of it or your, um, yeah, still jumping cats around me. Um, it's so witchy, isn't it? Just like, and they're both black cats. They're just like jumping over my head. It's cause I'm such a powerful witch, but, and they do love being in here when I'm doing magical things, which this counts. So there are other, there are details to keep in mind that can help you, um, help you, work through some of the challenges of this type of magic. But what I've told you is, is really what it is. That is, it is that simple. And I really encourage you to learn from experience just by trying it and think, seeing, oh, this is what works for me. This is what doesn't. Um, you know, being really general makes me get something kind of general. I mean, that's manifestation and spell work 101, be specific. But when I say be specific, it can just be like an image that you want to evoke you know, say you want to bring more excitement and adventure into your life, an image that to you really embodies those things. That's why I say general. Um, it can be as specific as I want this specific thing. You know, I've, I, I've, no, I know at least two people, um, anecdotally, not personally, who have used this to publish books, you know, big projects like that. So the, those are the basics right there. Now, there are some challenges that come up. Um, when I talked about being distracted, you know, if you have hangups around that, that is going to get in the way of having a powerful visualization. I personally think it can be really helpful to get clear on the visualization when you're not aroused. So because visualization is a muscle that you need to, you know, that, that you need to work with over time. So if you are really great at, at, at visualization, this will be much easier for you. But for some people, you need to practice it more. And I do find it, even as somebody who is a strong visualizer, 
I still find it helpful to sort of already have in my head like what the vision is, <laughs> not just like make it up on the fly. Um, that can be helpful. It will also be helpful to have an understanding of a sense of control because it's really hard to engage in effective sex magic if you are if you don't have some sense of control if you're somebody who really loses themselves at the point of orgasm which is an amazing beautiful thing nothing to be ashamed of <laughs> um you will really need to kind of you'll need to become aware over time of how much energy you expend at the point of orgasm so if you're somebody who completely loses themselves right beforehand Start playing around, you know, before you ha use this to set an intention, start playing around with kind of visualizing just keeping some of that energy back for yourself. There are a lot of breathing techniques, tantric and Taoist breathing techniques that are specifically for this purpose, um, both in sexual intercourse and which like, ew, did, why did I just say sexual intercourse? Like, what is this sex head? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I was like trying to like not sound like a total pervert, which I completely am. Anyhow, I, uh, <laughs> no, I lost my train of thought completely. All right. Um, keeping energy for yourself. If you're somebody who really releases everything before, during, and immediately following orgasm, you're going to want to work on breathing to kind of keep that energy flowing. I'm not going to go into that here because this is a podcast and that's not a effective place to learn breathing. I one resource I really recommend um I the the this book is definitely written for cis bodied women, but it if I remember correctly it does ha the breathing techniques they talk about can be utilized by anybody. Is the multi-orgasmic woman by Montak Chia. I'll put in the show notes. I know there's a trilogy. I think there's multi-orgasmic man and multi-orgasmic couple. Haven't read those. Don't really know. Um, totally just bought it because I was like, that sounds good. <laughs> but it uh, actually is one of the most, the easiest to understand introductions to Taoist breathing techniques that can be used to, um, well, have multiple orgasms, of course, but can also um, be used to multiple orgasms to prolong orgasm to to hold off on orgasm you know postpone orgasm I don't know um so learning those breathing techniques that keep the energy circulating in your body will help you maintain enough control to hold the visualization as you're having an orgasm um and those breathing techniques are super effective for any type of movement. I actually used to teach them as part of a dance class that I taught. And they are an incredibly, breath work in general is an incredibly powerful way to stay centered in your body, which is super effective for dance, yoga, um, meditative practices. I practice kundalini meditation, which uses a lot of breath work and physical movements, the combination to affect a specific goal. Um, so this is really good shit, really delicious, useful information to immerse yourself in if it interests you. Um, so just, a, that's just some, a challenge you might encounter if you're new to this, you might, you know, or, or even, I mean, and this honestly, 
full disclosure here, this happens to me all the time, especially if it's with a partner, <laughs> um, where I will just like forget like I thought I was trying to cast a sex magic spell and and, I'll, and later I'll be like, oh, damn it, I forgot. <laughs> so you know, don't take it too seriously. Just kind of, yeah, just kind of go with it. See what happens. But um, an experiment and play. And so this brings me to the whole partner versus non-part, not having a partner. And also of including your, if you do have a partner, including them or not. So first of all, when you're, it's just you, it's a lot more simple because a lot simpler, <laughs> sorry, a little bad grammar moment there, a lot simpler because you can, you have more control over what's happening. You can, you know, if you're the type of, the type of person who loves like really creating a scene, you can like light candles, put on beautiful music, incense, whatever you like, and you can um, really set the stage if that's what you want or not. But there's nobody else there to kind of like mess with your vibe. So that's a benefit. And then also you can play around more with these different ideas, breathing techniques without having to like stop the action like you might with a partner. Be like, okay, now we're going to practice that breath where like we both, you know, stare at each other's eyes and like breathe. You breathe in while I breathe out. And that's the thing about like tantric sex is that it's like, Often, everyone's different, but for me, it's often like, oh, that sounds great in theory that it's like in the moment, we just like forget that there, anything's supposed to be happening. It's just like all everything, all caution goes into the wind and it's just like, oh, we're just doing whatever. Anyway, so now with a partner, you can incorporate them or not. So here's the thing. If you let's start with incorporating your partner. Obviously, they have to be somebody who's open to all of these ideas. Um, and you can choose to both focus on your separate desires. I mean, I say both, but obviously it could be like a whole group of people, like fabulous, sexy, horny witches. I mean, why not? <laughs> I want to go to that party. <laughs> Invite me. No, but I. Um, it can be every individual can focus on their intended desire or... It could be really fun. And this isn't something I've actually ever done. I mean, not in so many words. It, but, you know, the you could focus on what you want to create together. Like, what do we want to bring into our life together? Um, and I know people who have struggled with infertility who have focused on that and have had a miraculous results, a.k.a. getting preggers. <laughs> So if you really don't want to have kids, maybe you can both be like, we're going to focus on how we don't want to have children. No, that's actually a really bad, bad idea with manifestation to ever focus on what you don't want. Because <laughs> you're probably because the human mind cannot process a negative. Like if I say don't think about a purple candle, you have to think of a purple candle in order to not think of it. So yeah, never try to manifest something you don't want. Just keep it focused on the positive. But here's where it gets tricky. The more people involved, and this is exactly the same thing with a group spell. On one hand, energy is magnified. On the other hand, any doubts in the group magnify as well. And so it's just so incredibly important that anybody involved is 100% on the same page and willing to suspend those disbeliefs 
in the moment at least preferably forever <laughs> but <laughs> preferably for the rest of their lives so suspending the disbelief but the reality is that any doubts are magnified in a group energy setting just like any good vibes are magnified as well so if you have any doubt that your partner is not down with this I would keep it to yourself now before you go off and say like oh that's not ethical because you're involving them in magic and not telling them they don't consent to that like actually that's not true because well according to my belief you're the one like the magic is a hundred percent in you you're not casting a spell on another person without them knowing you're not you know it's kind of to me it's the same as if you're having sex with somebody and you are having a, a fantasy in your head. Now, of course, some people think that's unethical. I think they're wrong, personally. And I also think they're not being very realistic. I think they're living in a fan, like a, a not fun fantasy world. Because here's the thing. Some people are just very, again, they're visualizers. They really like to imagine things. And that can add to an experience with a person. It doesn't mean they're like thinking 100% of another person while they're having sex with someone else. Obviously, that's, you know, I'm not going to debate the ethics of that. It's more just like, well, if you're thinking of someone else all the time, you probably shouldn't be having sex with this person you're actually having sex with. <laughs> I feel like it's just like just unsatisfying. So just why would you do that, you know? I think it's your responsibility as just a human, regardless of, of magic, it's your responsibility to go after what you want and not stay in situations you don't want to stay in just because you're scared. So that's a side note. So I really don't have any concern or issue with anyone I'm with ever in my life. <laughs> um, you know, I'm currently only with one partner, <laughs> but not only. I mean, more one is more than enough. <laughs> um but my point is that I really don't give a shit what my boyfriend thinks about when we're having sex. As long as he seems present and I'm present, like, it's all good. So I really don't care. And so to me, sex magic is the same way. Same type of thing. So you know what? Make your own choices on this. Um, so you can very effectively engage in sex magic with another person without them knowing. And again, this is... Really, I really don't believe this is about consent. It's not a consent issue because you're not doing anything to them. You know, you know, a lot of people have all these concerns about like casting spells on other people. I think because we all grew up with the craft, which I mean, I freaking love that movie, but it's really unrealistic. <laughs> not how magic works. You know, in the movie, though, the girl casts the love spell and then he like stalks her and it's really scary. Um... The reality is it's actually not that easy to cast spells on people. And the other reality is, I'm sorry, I should say it's not that easy to cast like that dramatic of a spell on a person. But the other reality is we actually are always casting spells on other people. <laughs> that's like what seduction is. And that's not bad. Like if, you know, it's like, please cast that spell on me. If, if it's you know somebody you're interested in. My point is that I just, if you have those concerns, just, you know, really dive into why you have those concerns and make sure you're coming from a place that's realistic. And ultimately, you know, if something doesn't make you feel good, if it doesn't feel right for you and your inner guide, then just don't do it. You know, I, I, you don't need me to tell you that. 
So my point is only that you can very effectively engage in sex magic by yourself with partner or partners who know and maybe are engaged in it and with partners who are completely uninvolved. So just, again, things to experiment with. I mean, what is sex and sex magic if not delicious, beautiful experimentation, right? So just you know, keep that in mind. Now, when, the more you learn about, for example, if you do choose to re- go deeper into those breathing techniques, um, again, when I say those breathing techniques, I'm referring to if you're going to be like Googling afterwards, tantric breathing, Taoist breathing techniques. These are, you, you could look at breath work in general. It's not an area I'm super knowledgeable about um, beyond the basics, but really it's you know a circular breathing where the breath, instead of just being shallow and going in and out, in and out, in and out, that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> sorry, not at all sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible. You are all never listening to this podcast again. I can just tell right now. Just kidding. You're going to be hoping it's about sex magic all the time and forever. So these types of breathing techniques, like I said, I've taught some of them in terms of dance and, you know, your clothes are staying on. I mean, at least in the classes I taught, (laughs) obviously they don't have to stay on when you dance, but it's really a way of circulating that breath through your body. So it allows, you know, the organs to be cleansed. It's you know those cleansing breaths that we talk about in yoga. If you've ever done a yoga class and you've had your teacher talk about that kind of thing, um, you know you can actually bring these breathing techniques to bring more presence into your everyday life. It doesn't even have to be during sex. So really, this is an area of magic that isn't limited just to the bedroom or wherever you choose to fuck. (laughs) Um, It's about your birthright to sexuality, to empowering sexuality, whatever that means to you. There's no right and wrong here. Again, obviously, assuming everyone involved is a consenting adult, should go without saying, unfortunately, this day and age, it does not. Um, but it's really a way just of getting in touch with the rhythms of the universe, the recognition that you are made of the same stuff as the universe. And honestly, the, the sooner you can realize that, whether it's through sex magic or any type of practice, the sooner you realize that you and everything around you are made of the same matter, which I mean, you are like that's science. <laughs> We're made of the same elements There are a finite number of elements that create everything in the world and cell structure is made out of those things um the more you realize that we are the same and that the only thing that separates you from or in this case myself from the microphone i'm speaking in is vibration is how quickly the cells the particles obviously they're not cells in the case of a microphone i mean leave me alone i'm not a i'm not a biologist (laughs) but it's the difference is vibration and how and and the speed at which particles vibrate determines their structural form. The sooner you realize this, the the quicker and more effective your manifestation practice will become. Because it's in the separation 
or the perceived separation that we think our desires are impossible. You know, energetically, in terms of thought, belief, there's no difference between myself, between you. And I mean, that's really what all of the enlightened individuals, quote unquote, enlightened individuals in history have to tell us. <laughs> it's just that like, we are all one, you know, this isn't a hippy dippy idea. This is kind of just, you know, biology. <laughs> we are, I mean, even if you look at the animal kingdom, queendom, um, we have huge amounts of DNA in common with every other living being. You know, we think like, oh, our, we're genetically closest to chimpanzees. Our similar genetics are, I think, 99. a bajillion nines. <laughs> That's not a specific exact number. Um, that's how similar we are. But I mean, this isn't an, this is not an exact example, but you know, I remember reading that the, the similarity between humans and say, I don't know, turtles, some, some other, some animal that is super unrelated to humans. We were still like 60 or more percent genetically identical. So, you know, the sooner you realize this on a metaphysical level and an energetic level, the more you realize that you are not separate from your desires. They are already inside of you and you can truly accomplish anything. Nothing is impossible. And this is just sex magic. It's just one of many tools to experiment with, to play around with and see if it works for you. So I really encourage you to give these ideas a try. If it's something you're comfortable with. In fact, I would say if you're not comfortable with them, that's, even more indicator that you should try them because I know from experience that the things I'm not comfortable with are often the areas where I have the most growth to do. Now, I certainly don't mean to do anything that you're truly not um, okay with, but if it's just like a little bit of fear, then I encourage you to work through that. And the beauty of this type of magic is it's something that you can do by yourself in the safety of your home. You don't need to open yourself up to another person for this. So I really encourage you to give it a try. Um, like I said in the show notes, I'll include a few resources, but I'm actually really intentionally going light on the resources because I want you to explore this for yourself. I don't want you to get stuck in doing a ton of research and then because you've done all that research, you get this idea of that there's a right and a wrong way of doing these things and you're afraid to try it at all. So, you know, hey, it's Friday. Maybe a little weekend fun you can have. Enjoy. As always, I thank you so much for listening. Please reach out with any questions you have. I know there are a lot of ideas in this episode. So any questions you have, no matter what they are, um, please feel comfortable reaching out to me. The best way to reach me is on Instagram. You can DM me at rebirth underscore of Venus. I love talking about these ideas. I will happily answer any questions I possibly can or direct you to somebody else who may do so in a better way. And as always, thank you so much for your reviews on iTunes. I encourage you, if you found value in this episode, if you found this interesting, if you found this 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 to be something thought-provoking in any way, I really encourage you to log on to iTunes to leave a review and 
just to tell people what your experience is with this information and why why it matters, how it's changed you. Those reviews really help people find this episode, find this podcast and help this information get into the hands, the minds, the hearts of more people. And I really believe that this information can change the world, this message of empowerment, this message that we can control our energy, the energy we put out, and the power that comes from that. And as I've stated in previous episodes, that is a huge part of what the Archetype Venus does for me. By allowing me to get in touch with my passion, my sexual energy, my the energy of my relationships, my friendships, the beauty around me, by getting in touch with these areas, I'm able to increase my personal power. And I know that those gifts are available to all of us. So thank you again so much for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll see you next Friday for the next episode. Have an amazing weekend and enjoy experimenting with these new ideas. Goodbye.